Welcome to the Sensual Power Podcast. This is a podcast for women, AFAP people, and anyone looking to learn more about generational trauma, childhood trauma, narcissistic abuse, sacred sexuality, and healing any wounds around money, sex, relationships, self, and doing expansion work with that. Everything that I'm talking about is based on my own experiences of healing and the work that I do with my clients. Keep in mind, though, I am a cis white woman, so the views that I express do come with a sense of privilege, and if harm is done, I am always willing to repair harm, so please reach out if that happens. Otherwise, stay tuned and listen to your next episode right now. Welcome back to your Sensual Power Podcast. As always, I am your host, Valerie Schrader. Today's podcast is going to be all about emotional availability within your relationship. So finding and attracting emotionally unavailable partners versus emotionally available partners, allowing yourself to be emotionally available, being vulnerable in relationships, defining what it means to be in that, and how growing up with narcissistic or emotionally immature parents can affect that later on, which then affects the romantic relationship you have, the sex life you have, the self-image you have. So before we dive into that topic, I want to share for all of you listening that are interested in working on this, like going deeper on this to finally have the type of healthy, fulfilling, safe, vulnerable relationship that you truly want with, of course, the sex life that you want with it. I want you to check out Unleashed. Unleashed is a six-week program developed by myself and my friend and fellow coach, Melissa Lee. It's probably the most unique program of its kind to work through this because we've combined somatic trauma work, doing the IFS work that you've heard me talk about on this podcast with sacred sexuality work, embodiment work, erotic journaling prompts and writing prompts, in a really creative and pleasurable way because the stuff is intense and it's heavy and we wanted to give you the most pleasurable, enjoyable way to work through this. So it's a self-guided program, but we do also have live coaching calls. So they're Zoom coaching calls where we're going to be answering questions, helping support you through things. There's a support group as well, but you're going to have access to all of the lessons, all of the trainings, all of the tools that we have both used ourselves to have better relationships because we've both been there. You're going to have lifetime access to all of that. Now, if you're listening to this episode before April 7th, you can get $300 off. Yes, $300 off of this program. It is going on, that early bird special is going on now until April 7th, midnight. So you have to now till then to go check that out. There's payment plans available as well. And even if you are like, yeah, I want to work through this, but I'm not quite ready. It's $300 off. So I highly encourage you to buy it now and you can always come back and use the material anyway. We don't even start the coursework until May 9th. So you have time. Um, so check that out in the notes below, in the show notes, and let's dive into our topic. So what does emotional availability mean? And what does it look like to be emotionally available and emotionally present in a relationship? Well, 
when we are seeing emotional availability, what we are essentially doing is we are saying to ourselves and to others, we are comfortable for being present. We are able to be supportive of the emotional needs and boundaries of others and ourselves because emotional availability isn't just about our partnership, right? It is about also the way that we show up for ourselves. Are we able to face those uncomfortable feelings and emotions that pop up? Are we able to face and comfort ourselves when we are struggling, when we need it? Are we also available to fully express our emotions? And I'm not just talking about the hard emotions, you know, like um, anger, sadness, rejection, failure. What about joy, ecstasy, pleasure, right? Those can also be really hard emotions to express and allow ourselves to fully express, right? And especially with others. And then having somebody that can do the same. When we redefine love as something that is about being supportive, compassionate, caring, and not just providing basic necessities, right? When we allow ourselves to be honest where we're at emotionally and allow others to do the same with us, and we have the capacity to, to grow with somebody, to support them, to be present with them, to hear when they are struggling and to understand our triggers and traumas that may affect us in a relationship, right? That's emotional availability because it doesn't mean that you're suddenly perfect and like everything is great. It just means that you are so aware and you are so present with yourself that you're able to do that with others too. So when we get into relationships with emotionally available partners or we are in, in a relationship with somebody that is open to being emotionally available for us, right? They're open and willing to see all parts of you. They understand all parts of themselves too. And there's a, they, a sense of compassion for all parts of themselves. They understand their triggers. They understand their red flags, right? Because fun fact, we all have red flags. And usually the things that we avoid, those are the things that we need to be expressing to partners that we... That's an issue for us. But when we have that awareness of, oh, yeah, this is this is a thing that I tend to do. It doesn't mean that we're suddenly over it. Right. It doesn't mean that we're suddenly perfect. It just means that we're aware of it. So just to give you an example of that, like I know for myself, I have a really hard time opening up. And at one point in my life. I I was not really aware of that. I thought I was opening up as much as I could, but at the same time, I knew I didn't really trust people. I know that when I am in a situation where I feel like a fear of failure, it's really hard for me to open up. But I have that awareness. So what I can do is tell the people in my life or my partner, hey, this is something I struggle with. And here's how I react when I'm struggling with this so that they are aware and they can, they, they have the ability to understand that I'm not just doing this because, you know, I'm not backing away or I'm not closing off and because I am, you know, trying to hurt them, but it's because this is my trigger and this is how I react. So then what I can also say is, 
I'm struggling right now with this. So, you know, remember how I told you, like, this is the thing that I do. And I tend to kind of back away and get really quiet when I do deal with this. Here's also what I need to be supported through this, right? That's emotional availability. I'm not completely shutting off and pushing somebody away and making it their problem or making it, making them feel as if they've done something wrong. And if there is something wrong in a relationship, instead of just ignoring it, washing it away, pretending like it's not there, right? I'm showing up and I'm expressing that. I'm emotionally available to work through it. And, and I ask that of the relationships that I have. Now, what happens when we grow up with parents that don't make it safe to be emotionally vulnerable? Or that they are not emotionally vulnerable with us, right? You know, when they're not supportive, when they don't give us the space to share our thoughts and our opinions and our ideas, when they criticize and judge us for the way we feel, the way we dress, the way we look, the interests that we have, the ideas that we have, the you know, the feelings that we have, the our hobbies and interests, right? When we get criticized for all of those things, what it teaches us is to be on high alert all the time and that we have to shut ourselves off. And then in turn, we also, because we've learned, we've learned how to adapt to that at a young age and we kept adapting to it, we tend to seek out relationships that mirror that. And it's not conscious Sometimes we, even when we do have the awareness, right? I have a lot of clients that have gone through talk therapy and there's the awareness that they do it now. They just don't have any tools to work through it um, because they're just talking about it, right? Which like, yes, awareness is good, but at some point, like we have to have the skills to work through it. Like, why do I keep doing this? I'm aware that I keep choosing emotionally unavailable partners because I grew up with parents that were emotionally unavailable and they always and I also tend to to date partners that make me feel unsafe to share my thoughts and opinions because every time they do they always have a criticism for it right then you know you know it, but like, what are you, what are you doing to fix that or to, to help yourself work through that? Right. Cause again, knowing is great, but we need more than knowing we, we need actions after that so that we don't keep putting ourselves through that. Or maybe again, you are with an emotionally unavailable partner somebody that wants to be there for you, that wants to be present for you, but you've got this thing in the back of your head that says, don't do that. That's not fucking safe. They're going to judge you. They're going to leave because you literally are used to that. You're used to it from childhood. And then you've, you've been with other partners that are like that. And even though this person is different, you're still freaked out because you are so used to having somebody judge you, somebody reject you for being yourself, for having emotional needs and wants right? For, for setting boundaries. You're, you're constantly on the lookout for any sign that they're going to leave you. So you don't fully let yourself open up. You don't fully help yourself, right? It's like every time there was that rejection and or limitation of, of a parent being emotionally available for you and being a safe space for you to open up, to share yourself, right? Every time it created this little block and that block got added 
you know, they keep got, getting added onto each other and then it creates a wall. So then we shut down, right? Instead of having like healthy boundaries where it's like, hey, when I'm struggling with this thing, I'm going to let you know that. But then what I need is like a day or two so that I can like get through that or, here, you know, whatever. We just create walls and we don't let anybody in. We, we don't let anybody in. And something that can be hard to face too is again like that choosing of emotionally unavailable partners. If you are at that place where you've actually found an emotionally available partner, right? And you know, of course, that again, that still comes with its issues. We've already discussed that. But if you are in that place where you keep choosing the emotionally unavailable partners, then there's that part of you that has to acknowledge shit, I've been choosing that on purpose. And, you know, this isn't about, like, blaming us for things. But we do have to understand that on a subconscious level, a part of you has adapted to that so much. It became a survival mechanism to adapt to that so that you just became so adapted to it that that's what, you, that's what became normal to you to seek out. We have all done it. I cannot tell you how many partners I was with for so long well I can't give you a number but I'm not going to because that's my boundary I get to tell you about certain things but not everything see this is where we get get to have the awareness um but the the amount of partners that I dated for years and was in relationships with that were not emotionally safe people they were not emotionally available for me they could not support me through those tough times. They were not aware of their own shit. I was not aware of my own shit, if we're going to be honest. Um, but they were not safe. And many of them were also just emotionally abusive, too. It, it kept going on. And I didn't have the awareness at that point to understand that I was so used to that because it's what I grew up with, right? It's what I was used to in my childhood that it became normal for me. I mean, I had this whole belief that like relationships were unsafe and dangerous and we don't do those, right? Like not long after my mom and dad divorced and then when my dad started dating again, he didn't date for very long. He told me that he kept he, the, like the couple women that he dated that I remembered, they kept being like my mom and he would find out later they were like his mom. Are like my mom. Well, he had adapted to that. Um, so with him, I just learned, yep, don't date because it's not safe. And then with my mom, like the whole relationship she had with my stepdad, fucking violent as hell. Violent, dangerous, unsafe, unhealthy on both ends. You know, they, they, they were not healthy people for each other. Um, probably still aren't. But those were my examples. It was what I was used to. It's what I adapted to. So I just kept choosing partners that mimicked that. And it wasn't because it's what I wanted. I wanted somebody that made me feel safe, that made me feel like I was supported and cared for, that made me feel like I could open up and be myself with them. And as much as I wanted that, this was in the background and no part of me was going to allow it. It just wasn't going to happen. So I kept doing this over and over and over again. And to the point where I was like, I can't fucking take this anymore. And I tried talk therapy as well. Fun fact, I've also done talk therapy before I got with my 
um, current therapist, Nicole, who does somatic work with me. I tried that for years. I, I tried it off and on for years. Um, the first few therapists that I actually tried out, those were the therapists. And if you've ever been through this, just know, I see you been there. Um, we would start talking about the issues with my narcissistic mother and they, they wanted to get into me understanding her and, and having acceptance of her. And mind you, I had already cut off contact at that point. Like, okay, so no validation for me, right? No validation for Valerie, no, no getting to be heard there, which also create, you know, cause here's therapy supposed to be your safe place, right? So here I am trying to talk about things and be emotionally open and vulnerable here. <laughs> and my therapist, you know, I went to like three different ones um, that were like this. They were, they were like, yeah, but like we should, we should really work on coming into acceptance of your mom and forgiving her. That's going to help you. Fun fact about me, and I can say this is true for Melissa because we're both the same in this Um for those of you that are actually interested in Unleashed, I don't give a fuck if you want to forgive your parents or not, or your caregivers. You don't have to with me. <laughs> that, that does not determine your happiness or your success or your healing to me. Forgiveness is only there if you really want it to be there, but it, it, is, not abs- it is absolutely not needed. And I'm never going to tell you to understand the perspective of your parent or caregiver that did harm to you. Maybe at some point, if we want to talk about that, sure. But like, you know, why the way they are the way they are, we may do that. So you understand how to deal with them if you do still have contact. But otherwise, no, you, you no, it's not, not something you need to do. And I felt that. And that's why, like, for a while, I gave up on going to therapy until I was ordered into therapy um, because of severe depression and ideation, right? Well, not ideation. I, at that point, I had just attempted it. Um, and then I finally got with somebody that could do the somatic work with me to help me work through these things. But it took a while. And all these wounds just kept building up a wall over time. Consistently, a wall was there. And it's something that I still have to work at. Constantly reminding myself internally, it's safe to trust people. It's safe to open up. It's safe to be vulnerable in this relationship. And like I said, this doesn't just affect like, you know, the emotional connection, right? It affects our ability to be ourselves in a relationship. It affects our sex life in a relationship. So like one of the ways that I see that showing up a lot is if there is that lack of availability, and, and the feeling safe to have a healthy love for yourself and to others and to actually receive it, right? There's this concern constantly about rejection and judgment. So, you know, we are monitoring what we say, what we think. We are, we are keeping parts of ourselves closed off from our partners, right? Maybe there's interests or hobbies that we have that we're really nervous about discussing, right? I have a client that is super, super into all things witchy. I am too, right? But as she was making a dating profile for years, like she wouldn't even include any of that. 
And then what would happen is she'd get in relationships or she would start dating people that would like when they would finally found out like like she loved creating tarot cards and crystals and like was all into astrology and everything. They would they would make fun of her for it. And then all that she would learn is like, oh, you can't share these things with people. So they're just going to judge them. But like there was not even a ability to share that up front in her dating profile to let people know, hey, this is actually something I'm super interested in and I love. And it's like a ritual. It's part of a ritual practice for me. So like she was even like putting herself out there, but not really because like she's not showing interest in hobbies that she has that are also really important to her spiritually, right? This is where we, we shy off from things like this. I, I would date partners all the time that were like these hardcore atheists, um, which like, you know, on some level, like I could understand because there's a part of me, like my mom grew up Catholic and I'm German, Jewish, Italian, Albanian, a couple other things in there, a little bit of Celtic, um, and I, but I didn't grow up religious. I grew up more spiritual. I just saw the effects of her growing up in a Catholic household where, you know, her dad was really abusive to them and the harshness of all that. And obviously, like, my grandparents on my dad's side, like, seeing the ways that things like religion and stuff are used to harm people and oppress people. Not my bag. It's not my bag at all. Um... But I do have spiritual beliefs because I, I genuinely believe that there's something that connects us all, like the soul of us and the soul of everything that exists, right? But I would get with these partners that were like super anti that, believing in anything. And I, I too, I they would make fun of me. They would be like, like criticizing me for that. And I'm like, but this is something that's important to me. But I wouldn't even speak up about that at first because, again, there's that concern about being rejected. That's just, like, one small example there, right? Sexually, desires, fantasies, kinks. Like, I can't even tell you how many, how many clients have come to me where they've been with a partner for years, right? They've been married or with somebody for years and that partner has no fucking idea what they really want in bed, how they want to be kissed, touched, what they would like more of, what they would like to try because there's that concern over judgment. And of course, that can be wrapped up into like religious shaming and body, you know, concerns. But again, this all comes from growing up and not having that emotional presence and support and availability from our parents or caregivers to make us feel normalized, to make us feel like we are being seen and heard with compassion and love and support. So there's this constant worry about being judged. So we just keep things to ourselves. And like, you know, is is it going to ruin your relationship if you don't talk about whatever kink or fantasy you want to try? Maybe not, but is it drastically limiting your relationship? Fuck yes, it is. It's completely limiting it. You're hiding a certain part of yourself. You're denying that experimentation. And if you're denying the experimentation there and the the challenge of growth and, and seeing what else is available for you to, where else are you denying that within your relationship, 
right? That's something that when people have asked me, like, why is it so fucking important for me to work on the sexual aspects of my relationship or, like, you know, being more adventurous in it or exploring my desires and kinks with somebody? Like, what makes that so important? Like, well, sometimes it can be a reflection, right? Like, you need the emotional availability to be safe to explore sexually. I've already discussed this. You absolutely need that. And sex is not love, but but love and that presence with love, that connection through love, that safety, right? When love is more than just providing basic needs and sh- and being in the relationship, right? But when there's support, when there's compassion, when there's the desire for growth, right? Within ourselves and within the relationship, all of those things, when those are met, it makes it so much more possible to explore sexually, but that can also mean be a reflection of other areas of the relationship where there is that ability to grow, right? Think of that as like the tangible result of this emotional presence, of this healthy love, right? Learning how to communicate openly within a relationship. I recently did a poll on my social media asking people like, do you know how to create a an emotional or safe container within your relationship to discuss things, right? And it's, and w- one of the responses to that was, I don't even know what that is. There were a lot of people, like it was 50-50 in results and 50% of people said, I don't even know what a relationship container looks like. But that's something that when you learn how to create a relationship container, because you're both emotionally aware and available or how many people are in your relationship right because no judgment there can be multiple people in a relationship but when you have that awareness that openness you're willing to create safe spaces to talk about things to open up to express yourself to have hard conversations uncomfortable conversations conversations that are actually really useful like Again, going back to sex, how often are you sitting down with your partner to actually discuss what you truly enjoyed about your last sexual experience with them? How often are you checking in with each other to see if you are fulfilled intimately? And yes, I'm just using the sexual aspect, but like, how often are you checking in to see how fulfilled you are in the relationship in all aspects of it? There are multiple categories of emotional and are of intimacy, and it's not just emotional or sexual, right? There are multiple categories of intimacy. Are you even checking in? Do you even know how to check in with each other to see are you both fulfilled there? And what needs to be done to create fulfillment? What things are the responsibility of the relationship and what responsibility is it of yours to find outside of the relationship, right? Because, or what's what's your responsibility to give to yourself? Sometimes when we have grown up in these situations too, where we experience parents that really were not available for us or present for us, we tend to put a lot of fucking pressure on our partnerships and our partners to be everything to us. And that's not healthy either. But when we are emotionally available and we are emotionally present, we can understand, oh shit, okay. There is like a six-year-old version of me right now that is trying to make you make up for shit that has nothing to do with you, but it comes from my freaking emotionally unavailable father. 
or my narcissistic mother or flip that and reverse it or caretaker right but like this is where when we have that awareness and we have the ability to look at ourselves and then also look at the partnership to see like okay how am I showing up what am I actually available for what are they available for how do I communicate? How do I build a safe space? How do I understand what I have the bandwidth for? What boundaries need to be set? How did they understand that, right? When you can understand all of that and you actually have the tools to work through that with a partner, you can be so much more successful in any relationship. It, it can transform a relationship and I've seen it happen over and over again. And it can also be the ruin of a relationship when you can't do that or when one of you is open to that and the other is not. But the thing is, is like when you are actually open to that and another partner isn't, you then can typically say like, okay, I'm sad that this relationship ended. Because a lot of times like when I have clients that come to me and they want to work on relationship stuff and they are in a relationship, they're terrified of the relationship ending. And the thing is, I cannot promise that a relationship is going to continue when we start working together because sometimes you might figure out that relationship is actually not a great relationship for you. But when you get there, you can actually be like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> this is not what I want at all. This actually does not fulfill me in any way, shape, or form, right? When you can get to that, then it's so much, then it makes you feel so much less upset and concerned that the relationship ends. And that's usually what I tell people. I'm like, your relationship may end, but if it ends, it's because it wasn't the best relationship for, for you in the first place. If it ends, it's because it's not the relationship that is going to give you the emotional availability from a partner that you want is not even close to it. So, you know, this is where, yes, there, there may be that no knowing going into working on these things and really like investigating what it looks like to be emotionally available yourself. And then with others, like, you know, understanding that maybe it will end a relationship. Maybe it will, but understanding that that in the end is going to be for the benefit of you and them, because truthfully, like if you're not really on the same page, if you don't really match up with each other, you're only doing a disservice to each other and finding the person that you're meant to be with. And even if that means for them being with yet another emotionally unavailable person and skipping around, that's on them to do. But for you, you deserve it. And if you want it, you, you have to go into working on that knowing that it may change a relationship. It may help a relationship grow. And I've also seen that. I've seen relationships on the brink of divorce or ending. But by one person having the courage to move forward, it encouraged the other person because they did want to fight for the relationship. Or maybe that partner, I've also seen it where that, that partner has been waiting for them to open up this whole fucking time. And now they are. And they're like, finally. This is what I've been trying to get you to do with me for years or months or whatever. And now you're doing it. Great. Let's, let's do this thing, right? So it can go any way. But the point of this is, is like, 
having the type of relationship you want versus settling for what's okay is so much better, right? Having, like, yes, there's so much that you can get by with. There's so much that you can settle for and be, quote-unquote, okay. But, like, why? Life is too short. And don't you want to go out of this world or to, to, you know, look back years from now and be like, damn, it feels good. It, it has felt good to really have a relationship that I feel like I've been myself in, that I feel like I have been embraced and supported in, and I've given that back. That I feel like I'm actually receiving and I have received the type of love and care and compassion and support that I've always wanted. And I've, re- I've given that back. That we've explored things together that I never would have dreamed possible, but I opened myself up to that. And I, and I gave that back. And it allowed both of us or all of us to grow in ways that I didn't even know possible, right? That, that's so much better. So if any of that resonates with you, I want you to take some time and journal on where do you hold back being emotionally open in relationships? What would it look like for you to be emotionally available to yourself? And what would it look like for you to have somebody be emotionally available to you? Right? And then again, if you are ready to work through this, if you are ready to have more because fuck mediocre, fuck okay, right? Let's let's go for the whole bag. Then I definitely want you to check out Unleashed. And like I said, you can find the information for that in the show notes. You can check it out on my website, social media. You can DM me about it. And while listening to this, if anything came up for you or you want to share what you learned from these journaling on this, I highly encourage you to share that with me. Let me know how you felt about it. Like what came up for you? What you learned about yourself? Share this with somebody that you think could benefit. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave me a review. Send me some comments. I am down to hear it all. But I hope that this at least inspired you to start looking at like, what does it really look like to you to be emotionally available and present to yourself and to allow that from somebody else? And to what do you want when it comes to emotional availability from a partner. So with that said, I will leave you with that. I hope to see you in the program. It's amazing. Like I said, you get lifetime access to everything. So even if you can't make all the calls that are available, you're going to have all of the material. Everything is recorded. Everything's there. And you're going to have a really fun way to work on this and to really feel secure and confident in developing the type of relationship that you want because you deserve it.